This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So, New Year. Question time first. Yeah, woo. Some got woo. Some of you not so woo. That's good because that's what the sermon is actually about. Um, but how many of you have already made New Year's resolutions? Okay. One or two. Okay. How many of you normally make New Year's resolutions? A couple of you. Okay. I don't, or, or you're not really wanting to say, okay, that's fine. I don't normally do them. There's like too much pressure to like kind of comply with it. You know, like you say, I'm going to gym now three times a week. And then like first, Months you do maybe once or twice, second month you do it maybe once, and then third month it's like, oh no, it's not going to happen anymore. So it just like lets you down every time you make these resolutions and then they don't come through. Or you say you're going to do 5k run every day, you know? Good luck. I'm not even going to make those, those resolutions. But what I do is I normally plan for the year. So it's not really a resolution, but I do some planning. Um, as a business owner, I do a strategic plan for our business, and for those that might know or might not know, there's a thing called a SWOT analysis where you look at your strengths, your weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And every year as a business, we do that. We, we look at what, what did we do last year, what worked well, what didn't work so well, where do we need to strategize to plan better for the year. Um, and I, I found that you can, you can do that in your personal and your spiritual life quite well. A couple of years ago, I did a personal SWOT analysis. So it's not a business. It's actually looking at myself and saying, okay, what are the... What are my strengths that I can build on for, for growing for, for this year? What are my weaknesses and what are the threats that I know I need to guard against those things? And then what opportunities are there? Look for opportunities for growth. So this morning, I actually want to share a message about that. I, I, I think maybe some of us might be anxious about what's happening this year. Maybe last year was a good year. Maybe it wasn't such a good year. But some of us might be anxious. You don't, you don't know what to expect for 2020. You might feel that you, um, you've got questions. You know, what about this and what about this and what about a job and what about all these. There's lots of questions people have. Or, or maybe you're concerned. Maybe there's things in life that you're concerned about and you think, I don't know what 2020 has got in store for me. So I want to share a message or a strategy, like a SWOT analysis, a strategy for the year of how we can confidently go into this decade of 2020, okay, um, with the knowledge and truth that God is good. It's actually quite amazing. Quite a few of the songs we were singing um, were, were all about the goodness of God, which is very cool because I didn't know what songs they were singing and I don't think they knew what I was preaching about. But it's basically about having confidence that God is good. And then with God, you are able to face anything. So it doesn't matter what this year has in store for us. You can know and you have confidence that God is good and you can face it because God is with you. So... That goodness of God is actually summed up in, in a word called mercy. So I actually want to speak about mercy this morning. Let me just pray for us quickly. Yeah, Father God, I just thank you for, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that this morning each and every one of us can just partake of your goodness. We can just know you, that you're a good God, that we can leave this place confidently saying, 2020, we can stand in confidence saying that you're good. We can face anything because you are with us. So, Lord, we just pray for, for, for your presence right now, for you to just come and speak to each one of us individually. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so every now and then I, I have like this little bit of a 
prophetic uh, gifting or whatever that sometimes I'll see visions or see something for someone which is a bit of a prophetic gifting. But what I can't tell you is what 2020 has got in store for you. Okay. I don't know that. But what I do know is that God has got, got something new for you and me this year. Amen? Okay. You've got to believe that because it actually says it in the Bible. Let me take you to it. In Lamentations 3, verse 22 to 23, it says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Let's just read that together quickly from the beginning. Let's come, read it with me. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Now what that means when it says His mercies begin afresh each morning, it doesn't mean that it's the same thing over and over again. So what the mercy that you had yesterday is not the same as what you're going to have today. It's not the same as what you had last week. So it's not the same thing. It's different. It's new each morning. So, so what, what it means is actually that every day, the mercy you get is a never-to-be-repeated miracle. So we need, we need to actually look at every day. That's why I've titled the sermon New Beginnings, because it's a new year, it's a new beginnings. But every day, the day begins. You've got to look at it and say, today is different than yesterday. There's something different from today to yesterday. It's not the same. And, and, and we need to look at that to say, okay, well, what, what is this mercy that never ends that we can receive today that is different from, from yesterday? And I want us to have a plan or strategy to, to actually look at how to attract that mercy. Almost to be like a magnet, to be a mercy magnet, to say, I want this mercy. I, I want to know how to attract this mercy and how, how, how to be this magnet. So um, that's the plan we're going, we're going to look at. So another question time. How many of you have had to start over again? Start something new? Yes. So something's happened, you've changed, and you've started something new. Okay. A lot of us, something's happened in your life, or you've had to start something new, or you've, you've experienced something new. Um, I just want to share one or two stories of my life. Um, some of you might know some of the stories, some of you might not. But most of you probably don't know this, but um, as you can see, well, maybe you can't see, but I'm blind in my right eye. So I'll tell you the story because most of you probably don't know and you'll all be shy to ask me. So I'm going to use it in the sermon anyway. So when I was 10 years old, which was four decades ago, so just don't tell anyone that, I, I was like any little 10-year-old boy um, having fun. My brother and his friend, we were playing darts, but we were, we were actually shooting darts with a with a pellet gun. We put one of these small darts in a pellet gun and we are shooting at the dartboard. It's a lot more fun than just throwing it, you know. And what I did is I took the gun. I said, no, I need, I'm, I'm big stuff now. I can do this thing. So I shot, shot at the dartboard and I, I had pretty good aim. It hit the rim of the bullseye, for those of you that are dartboard. But it hit that little metal part and it came back. But with, a, with it shooting with a gun, it comes like, like a bullet. So it's like had a very high velocity. So it came straight back into my eye very high speed, so that was kind of the start of it. Okay, so big drama, whatever, get to the hospital. Started having, had a couple of operations, and then my eye started, I started seeing like blurry, you know, it's like, couldn't make things out, but there was like light somewhere at the background, I could kind of see that. So, had a few ops, and I was standing there one day watching a cricket game, and someone hit the cricket ball, and I'm standing there, and what would happen? The cricket ball would bounce, and end up into my eye. Okay. So that like messed everything all up again. So I went for a couple of more operations. So I, 
you can understand the 10-year-old for, for a few years, I was just you know, in and out of hospital all the time. Eventually, there were some complications with the operations, and they said, okay, stop here, let's leave it like that. So I said, okay, cool. So I went through the rest of junior school, just standing, watching people play soccer. I couldn't really do anything. Um, I kind of grew up as a scrawny, still not much different, but a uh, bit of a sickly child. Uh, I, I'd get sick easily. I had a condition called hemophilia, which actually is a blood disease that I, if, I, if I bled, it, you couldn't stop the bleeding. It would bleed and bleed and bleed. So I was like, kind of nowhere. I was like a bit of a mess. Okay. But then when I got to high school, then you got to sign up for sport and stuff like that. I said, no, stuff this. I'm not going to let one less eye kind of determine what I can or can't do. So I said, okay, I'm going to try cricket. I don't know if that was such a good idea after what happened with me, but I tried cricket. I stood there and someone hit the ball, high ball, tried to catch it, missed it, hit my head. I thought, okay, cricket, no good. I think I was actually probably fearful of a cricket ball after what happened. So I said, no, cricket, cricket can go. Then I tried rugby, okay. Then they also kick the ball up, but at least it's a bigger ball and it comes a bit slower. So I could like, kind of judge it a little bit and catch it. So I said, okay, I can do this. So I started playing rugby. Like Steve mentioned, um, kind of the extreme stuff. So from there, it went to say, okay, I'll swim, I'll start boogie boarding, and then I start water skiing and skydiving and snowboarding and, 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 and. So I have all of a sudden... I've changed from being the scorny little kid watching everyone on the cricket field to like wanting to try everything and anything. The more extreme, the better. And, and it was a mindset. I could have sat back. I got teased a lot at school. I, I walked around with a patch, looking like a pirate, so the kids would call me pirate, you know, Popeye and all these kind of funny things, you know. It's like, okay, whatever. And I should have actually ended up to be a very recluse, sort of stay back, just sit and read books all day and not even go outside. There was a mindset change in me to say, I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to actually do something. I'm going to change something. So for me, there was a lot of new beginnings in, in just trying new things. Like try cricket, didn't work, fine. I'll try rugby. Okay, I didn't make the first team, but I played. It was, I had fun, and, and, and it was good. Do all these extreme sports, maybe I'm not so good, but I, I was quite good at water skiing, actually. But, but I'm trying it. It's fun, and, and I'm doing it regardless of, of what I'm like, if, if i got any... Let's call it disability or anything. For those of you, if you ever drive or do anything, close your own eye and see what a challenge it is. So it is a bit of a challenge that you've got to overcome. So there was a new beginning, but I overcame that. Other new beginnings in my life was um, salvation. So I came to know Jesus 25 years ago, and I, it's a new life. All of a sudden, there's this new lease on life. It's like, wow, I've got a confidence that I, I, I can walk into life knowing that I have peace about life and I have peace about death. So no matter what happens, I'm like, chill, I'm happy, I'm cool. It's all good because I know that I'm saved. I've, I've had a, a new beginnings when I got married. God gave me a beautiful wife. Now I don't have to live on my own. I can live with someone and, and, and enjoy life together with someone. So it, it gave new life to me. Some, some occasions weren't so great, but they turned out to be good. Uh, I was in a company that got liquidated, so I had to put, I had a, a house and a car. My wife wasn't working at the time, so we were like stuck with no money, no job, and now what? You've got all these expenses. And, and I had to max a credit card and home loan and all these other things. And eventually, God made it work. You know, We came out of that, and, and we survived, and we thrived. And it's a new beginning. And the big thing out of all of that was to have a mindset to look at the goodness of God through that. You could have looked at it and said, oh, why me? You know, Why is this happening to me? Why did this happened to my eye, now I can't do this. Why, why did I lose my job? And you could go look at it and say, why, why, why? But 
instead you can say, okay, let's have a mindset. There's goodness. There's God has goodness. There's goodness in God, and how can I, how can I use that? So the, the, the key to, to sort of going into 2020 now is to go with that knowledge and that truth that God is good. And, and also that God can turn things to good. So if you, if you look at um, one of the scriptures, Romans 8, we're not gonna, it's not on the, the board, I don't think, um, but we know that all things work for the good of those that trust him. So we can go into 20 knowing that God can turn whatever, even your challenges, into good if we, if we put our hearts, turn our hearts to him. Okay, another verse. I mean, I'm going to share quite a few scriptures because I, I think it's important for this year to start the year in the word. Um, Ravon prayed, some, prayed that in the prayer meeting this, this morning as well. But it's important to stand on the word so that if you, if you maybe not feeling that you can go to God's word and it says, well, God's word says it, therefore it is. So in Micah 6, verse 8, it says the following. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do, do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? So how do we access this mercy? It talks about this mercy. How do we access it? How do we attract it? How do we become magnets? So the first thing you need to know is what mercy is. So if I had to say what mercy is, a lot of you would say it's compassion. Um, it's uh, expression of pity. You show mercy on someone. You, 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 you have compassion on them. You show an expression of pity. And you won't be wrong. But these verses, these last two verses um, that I, I, I shared on, on mercy, the definition of that mercy is actually kindness, tenderness, and unfailing covenant love. Slightly different from what we sort of used to the word mercy, but it's kindness, tenderness, um, unfailing love, gentleness. Now, that word actually occurs more than 250 times in the Bible, so it's obviously quite an important word. Okay. In Psalm 136, it occurs 26 times on its own in one psalm. I'll share, it, it tells you, it speaks about um, a lot of different ways or reasons why God's mercy endures forever. You don't have to go there. You can make a note and go check it out later. But some of the things it says in Psalm 136, it says, his mercy endures forever because he is good. He is Lord of lords. He is God of gods. He does mighty miracles because of his wisdom, because of his creation, because he brings freedom, because he brings victory, because he provides. And for me, that tells me that's who God is. That is explaining the nature of God. God is all these things. He is good. He is Lord. He, he is God of gods, etc., it's who God is. So one of the ways that we can know God is actually to, to be part of this mercy that endures forever, part of the nature of God, all those things that it talks about the nature of God, the mercies of God. And I can testify a lot, of, a lot of those. If I look at my life and I look at the goodness of God in my life. So that blood disease that I had, I was healed of it. My mom prayed for me and it went away, like boom. I don't have that problem anymore. You can, try, you can cut me, I'll bleed a bit, but it'll, it'll, it'll dry up. Don't worry. Um, his salvation, I've been saved. His provision. I, I didn't have a job. I was quite destitute. I started a business and God has thrived. Fifteen years later, um, I, can, I can praise God for, 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 for what he's done in, in, in my life in, in business. Um, protection. Um, part of what Steve mentioned about the sort of extreme part of me comes with a lot of risk as well. So... Um, I've been in a rolled car accident, and I came out fairly unscathed, just had a bit of a bruise on my butt, and that was it. So I could have been a lot worse. 
Um, parachuting, yeah, the parachute didn't quite open quite right the one time, but eventually it opened after a bit of stress and uh, prayer. Um, surfing as well, uh, one, twice actually, a shark popped up next to me and like said hello and went away, but I'm still here. So, so with all these extreme things comes a bit of risk, but I think my angels like, kind of work overtime. They're like hanging around me. So whenever I go surf or do these things, I just say, okay, you guys with me, let's go. People probably think I'm really strange when I walk into the water and I'm like talking to people next to me, you know. But, but I, I look at it and I say, okay, well, that's God's protection. That's because His mercy endures forever. His mercy is over me. His goodness is over me. Even though things can go wrong and it's not the, uh, you know, you sit back and everything's going to go right. It's not, it's not about that. It's about saying, okay, God, you are, you are in, in control. Your mercy endures forever. So how do we access this mercy? I just want to share two main things of accessing God's mercy. The first one is through acts of kindness. So if you want to receive mercy, you actually need to show mercy. So it's not about just sitting and saying, okay, Lord, give me, I want all the stuff. Your word says it, give it to me. It's, 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 it's not, that's missing the point. So if you want to receive mercy, you need to show mercy. So you look at Matthew 5, 7. I don't know if it's, yeah, we got it there. Okay, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So it's something we actually have to physically do. We have to, have to want to have a concerted effort like a strategy to say, okay, I want to show mercy. How can I show mercy? Once I show mercy, then you'll actually receive mercy as well. So how many of you know Galatians 5, 22 to 23? Anyone know what that's about? Fruit of the Spirit, okay. So I'll read it quickly. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, if you had to underline kindness, goodness, and gentleness, that's what we're talking about. That's what mercy, that's the definition of mercy. So part of the definition of mercy is saying the fruit in our lives, that's what it should be. And I don't want to really say the word should. I actually rather say that's what it is. Amen? You don't want to say, no, I want to try and get to that point. That is who you are. If, you, if, you, if you're a child of God, then this is the fruit that is in your life. Amen? It's not, oh yeah, I'm going to try and be gentle, I'm going to try and be kind. It's, it's, not, it's not trying to do anything. You, you don't, you, it's not about you. There it says that the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in your life. So you need to know the Holy Spirit. You need to walk a road with the Holy Spirit and, and, and sort of have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that this fruit is produced in your life. So, if you look at the definition of kindness, we're going to get to that now as well. It talks about goodness in action, gentleness in dealing with others, friendly, generous, considerate. So you need to allow the Holy Spirit to actually tell you, grow, tell you what acts of kindness you need to do. You need to, you need to focus, a lot of the times you focus on spiritual gifts, you know, like healing and and. Um, uh, words of knowledge and prophetic and, and, and signs and wonders. And it's great. We need to do that. But I think it's just as important to focus on this fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those fruit is the nature that you have. And you can, you can sort of express that nature anytime, anywhere, with anyone. It's not, there's no pressure of, of loving someone. 
There's no pressure of being gentle and being kind. You don't need to have this, this course on, on how, to, how to heal someone or anything like that. It's just who you are. If you're a child of God, that's who you are. That's how, how we should be acting every single day. And then as, as, we, as we grow, as the fruit gets produced, we grow. But we grow in understanding who God is. We grow in understanding His nature and taking on that nature. And all we need to do is we just need to take on that goodness that we're talking about. Take that goodness on, add it to your faith, and let it, let it there be an output in terms of acts of kindness. And that's one way of actually receiving mercy because you are showing mercy through that. So if we're talking about acts of kindness, it's, it's, it's nothing higher grade. But I think what you need to do is, a trick you can do is actually ask the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, what act of kindness can I do? It could be a simple thing like just speaking to someone. It could be a stranger. It could be someone you know. Just going to go speak to them and make them feel valued. You know? It, it can be as simple as that. Just speaking to someone that you don't know what, where they are, what they're going through, and you just speak to them and say, you know, God loves you. He values you. He sees the value that, he, that, that there is. And you, you can just encourage someone in that way. It could be praying for someone. It could be stopping to help someone. My wife came back from Queenstown the other day, and she was driving on her own, and she came across a lady with some kids on the side of the road, and her stutter arm had broken down. So she stopped and helped them and waited and tried to jumpstart a car and tried to get someone, I think she used the phone to phone someone to get someone to come and help her. She didn't have to do that, especially a woman on their own, in the middle of Sutterheim, could be a bit, bit dodgy, but she, she did that anyway. It's just, as you're driving, she got prompted by the Holy Spirit to say, stop for this person and help them. Could be someone that needs a lift somewhere. Could be maybe an elderly person that can't get to the shops. You can offer to go to the shops for them. Say, can I go buy groceries for you? Maybe even buy the groceries for her. You know, it, it can be simple things. It, it can be helping someone with a physical task that they're not able to do. And, and, so the question that you need to ask is, are you being kind? Are you showing mercy? Are you being gentle? Especially with those people that you might not think deserve it. So, so that's some of the challenges for you to, to leave with, to say, are you being merciful, kind? Are you being gentle? That's something you guys can work on yourself. If the Holy Spirit speak to you about that. I'm not going to speak to you about that. The kindness is showing mercy. The second, the second one, a way that we can... We can sort of receive mercy or partake in mercy is actually thanksgiving. So when we are thankful for the mercy that God has, that, that God has given us, when, when we, we thank him for what he's given us, it opens up for receiving more. So God can release more mercy on you when you're thankful. You can see and notice God's mercy on your life. Say, wow, that's amazing. Thank you, God. And you, 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 you can actually open up or prepare for more of that by doing that. So um, be thankful for what God has done, even for what God is going to do. Sometimes we, 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 can, we can kind of say, thank you, Lord, that you are going to get me through this situation. Thank him for that. Be thankful for that. It opens up uh, for you to receive more. There's a verse that's Psalm 136, that verse that I said has got mercy endures forever for uh, um, 26 times it talks about mercy. It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. So there's no better way to be thankful than to think about salvation for one. To say, okay, 
um, His unfailing love, His covenant love that He has given to us. We could be thankful for that. So He died on the cross so that we can be saved, so we can have eternal life. How many of you this morning woke up and said, Good morning, Lord. Thank you that you died for me. Don't have to show hands, that's fine. If you did, it's good, cool, well done. If you didn't, it's also cool, but it's something you can do. So, so how often do you do that? How, how often do you wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Lord. It's a great day. Thanks for dying for me. It sounds a bit weird, but, but I mean, it's something, small, it, it, it's, it's one of those most simplest, most, most profound things that you can actually thank God for. And how often do you actually thank Him for that? That's, that should be the start of the day. We, should, we shouldn't go anywhere else in the day without starting the day off with thanking God for life. Thank you that, 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 that you are, yeah, you can stand, you can breathe. You, you should, we should be thankful. That's like the minimum of, of thankfulness that we, we, we should be able to give. So I want to challenge each of you this year. It's a new year, new beginnings. It's not uh, um, sort of wanting to go to gym three times a week or something like that. But it's a challenge I want to give you to wake up every morning. And if you just thank him for that one thing, then do that. Wake up and say, thank you, Lord, for giving me life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving for me. Can you guys do that? Sounds good. Awesome. Okay, now, quite interesting about mercy as well is it's, it's very unique. It's as unique as your fingerprint. So the mercy that I received this morning is not the same as the mercy that Steve received this morning. God has created each one of us individually, differently. So the mercy we receive is also different. It's unique to your personality. God, God decides on the mercy for you, which is for you. God created you, you. So there's no one like me, there's no one like you. We are unique. And what's great about that is only you can worship God like you. Okay? Only you can worship God like you. No one else can worship like you, because you, you, are, you are you. So are you seeing the goodness of God, and are you worshiping him for that? Because only you can worship him for the things that, that he's done in your life. So it's when you think, what, what can you praise God for today that no one else in history has praised him for? Just think about that for a moment. What can you praise God for today that no one else in history is able to praise him for, has praised him for. I can mention a few things. For example, my beautiful wife. God has given me my beautiful wife. I can praise him for my wife. No one else. That's my wife. No one else can praise God for, for my wife. That's my wife. So that's unique to me, and no one else has, no one else has uh, praised God for that in history. So that, that's my prayer, you know, between me and God. It's no one else's prayer. That's mine. So I, I, I can go to God with that. It's, it's, it's something very special between you and God, that you, you're praying something special. You know that only you can worship Him for this. Only you can praise Him for this. No one else can. They can try, but it's not going to be the same. So if you look at Psalm 23, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if we become these mercy magnets where we, we, we are being thankful, we are showing mercy, we're doing acts of kindness. If, we, if we're doing that, if we become those mercy magnets, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. Amen? Amen. That Psalm 23 is obviously a very well-known scripture. 
everyone talks about it. The Lord is my shepherd. Everyone sort of knows it from, from when you grow up. It talks about the Lord is my shepherd. And, and it's, it's, it's also quite an interesting verse. So it talks about the Lord is your shepherd. He will guide you, lead you, provide for you. He will give you strength. He'll give you rest. And then it goes on and says, and he gives us goodness and mercy. It's part of what God gives us. And then it says, when we access this, we, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What does that mean? Is that we are in his presence. So if this year, 2020, you want to be in God's presence, then just be a mercy magnet. Say, okay, God, I want, I want, to, I, I want to receive your mercy. I want to show mercy. I want to know about mercy. I want, I want this goodness to be part of me. I want this gentleness to, be, to, to just expel out of me. I, I, I want... You want to be spending time in His presence. Goodness and mercy is the way to, to spend time in His presence. Another quite a profound um, quote from Charles Spurgeon. Most of you know him, uh, preacher from like amazing preacher that that, that 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 that's been around years ago. I'm going to read it out to you. He is good beyond all others. Indeed, He alone is good in the highest sense. He is the source of good. He is the good of all good, the sustainer of good, the perfecter of good, and the rewarder of good. For this he deserves the constant gratitude of his people. It's amazing when you look at that. If you look at some of the things there, it says he is the source of good. Now, sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes Satan puts something in front of us and says, this is good. Well, I don't know. But I think ice cream, God made ice cream, man, because ice cream is good. Built on, all those kind of things, those are good. But sometimes sin can come in the way and say, this is good, let's do this. And you say, oh yes, let's do this. And then you try it out and for a moment you think it's good, but eventually you feel guilty because it's not so good. Because God didn't design it. So whatever God has created, it's good. He's the source of good. And with that, he's also the sustainer of good. So it reads there, he's the sustainer. You know, we talk about sustainable um, environmental stuff and energy and all that kind of stuff. But, and, and that's what God's goodness doesn't say, okay, yeah, you get a, bit, a little bit of goodness and that's it for you. you. You've got your portion, now I'm going to give to someone else. No. God's goodness is over and over and over again. It's a fresh each new morning. Every day there's a new mercy. So His goodness is every day, every day, every day. He sustains that goodness. It's not just a once-off thing. So because of that, we need to be thankful. Because God is good, we need to be thankful. So we need to have constant gratitude. That's all good and well if, like me, I can, I can share some stories about being grateful and being thankful. What, what, what happens if you're sitting here, maybe there might be some people here, that you're saying, oh, that's good for you, dude, but I can't. My life sucks. Things are, are hectic. I, I'm not able to actually thank God. I'm not able to see God's goodness. And that's okay. I want to encourage you to say you, the only way to really get out of that is to actually take a step back, be still, and worship Him. Now, worship isn't just coming to church and having a 30-minute slot here with worship. That's awesome, and it's important. It's great. It, it really gets us connecting with God. But worship isn't only that. In one of the songs, it also talks about it that we sang. It says, every breath you breathe, it's actually worship. So as you breathe, you can just think about God. You can think about the goodness of God. You can think about life. You can think about what God has done for you. Just breathing is worshiping. 
You can just breathe and let your mind dwell on God. And that will change your perspective, change your focus. And it'll eventually it'll get you into His presence and then you'll be able to see more of that goodness that He's showing you. So when we worship God, we take our eyes off these challenges and the problems and we put our hearts on God. It gives us different perspective. So a verse to sort of explain that or to stand on is Psalms 100, verse 4 and 5. It says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And His faithfulness continues to each generation. So when we enter His presence with thanksgiving, we find comfort. We find gratitude. That's where we discover gratitude to say, Lord, I'm thankful. So when we enter Him, His courts, when we enter His presence with thanksgiving and praise, then we start seeing that goodness. That's a way, if, you, if you're struggling to see God's goodness, worship, come in with thanksgiving, come in with praise, and you will discover that gratitude. It also helps us focus on, on God's heart and what He's done for you. So in Summary, um, just want to just summarize some of the things we're talking about uh, in how to be a mercy magnet. First one was acts of kindness. So we need to bear the fruit of the Spirit. So you need to, you need to, you need to know, well, I'll put it the other way around. So we'll start with Thanksgiving if, you, if it's on that side. Um, uh, let's start, start with acts of kindness. We'll work backwards. So you've got to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So you've got to ask, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, walk a road with me. Help me to produce this fruit. You can look at that fruit, go read Galatians 5, 22 and 23 and say, okay, are these fruit? Am I producing these fruit? Well, actually, the word should be, is the Holy Spirit producing this fruit in my life? And, and if you can't see that fruit, then that, that's the strategy or that's the plan for your, for, to start 2020 with. To say, okay, my plan is to produce this fruit. Um, we've started a little bit of a... Um, vegetable garden in the back, and it's actually amazing. All of a sudden, there's just tomatoes popping out, and we didn't even know. We planted something, and all of a sudden, there's potatoes coming out. So now there's, it's not fruit, it's vegetables, but it, there's stuff growing. It's like, wow, this is like amazing. We haven't really done a lot of effort, but you look outside, and then there's green tomatoes. Look outside the next day, and then there's red tomatoes. And we pick it, we eat it, and it's like amazing. And, it, and it's just a little bit of watering. We've had a lot of water the last few days, so that's been pretty cool. The rain has kind of helped a lot. But the growth is there. So for 2020, I want to, I want to encourage you to, to have a plan or strategy for how you're going to grow. One way you can grow is to, is to allow the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in your life and to do acts of kindness. The other way is to be thankful. So through Thanksgiving, the challenge that I had for everyone is to go and wake up in the morning and thank God for one thing. What's that one thing? Yeah, for life, yes. For salvation. For eternal life. Okay? Um, this is going to be a test. I'm going to ask Andre to ask all of you next week when you come back. And did you do it? And you're going to have to say yes or no. That's an easy thing. Thanksgiving. Just thank him for, for giving you life, giving you eternal life. Thanksgiving. Praise him for his goodness. Praise him for his goodness. The, the, I'm sure there's not one person here that cannot see one good thing that God has done in your life. Praise him for that goodness. Praise him for the kindness and the gentleness. And part of that is also to worship. Enter his courts with thanksgiving. Get the right perspective. So what if 
What if you and I could become magnets, mercy magnets for God in 2020? By showing mercy, then God's mercy will be drawn to you. You'll be able to see that, that goodness in your life. You'll be able to see the goodness of God. By being thankful for what God has given, given you, we can access so much more. I'm actually excited to look forward to what mercies God is going to give me tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And, and, and I want you to have the same. Have, a, have an excitement to say, okay, that verse says these mercies are fresh every, every, every morning. That's new. It endures forever. So let's look forward to that. What, is God, what has God got for you? What goodness has God got for you? How can you, how can you receive goodness? How can you show goodness? It's actually quite weird. One of the songs we sang during worship is the goodness of God. I didn't know the worship team was going to have it, but that, that's the song I wanted to actually end off with, so maybe the worship team can, can come up so long. And in that song, there's, 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 there's a lot of amazing things that God is saying. It's one of the things, that it says that God's goodness is running after you. So just kind of picture that. Picture God's goodness coming, running for you. And sometimes we like kind of dodging and we we, we, we may be driving and he's running after us. And, and we need to just slow down and we need to say, okay, catch up to me. Catch up and find me. Let that goodness catch up and find me. But I want you to just allow God to speak to you. I want you to worship with thanksgiving. I want you to come into his courts with thanksgiving and with praise. And I want you to allow his goodness, his mercy to just catch up with you. Amen. <music> Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.